Kia you're listening to the Invisible Sensei podcast. How are you? In Aotearoa uh, or New Zealand, as many overseas people know know it by, um, it is a beautiful summer's day. I've just finished doing some training. We just had some dojo training, but we've, we chose to be outside. And I am now sitting here drinking a Max ginger beer, a non-alcoholic beverage. That's not a paid endorsement either, by the way. And uh, what it's done is I have... As I always do, I have done uh, a gorilla. It's a gorilla podcast, and that I have uh, under duress <laughs> um, encouraged two of my favourite female martial artists um, to be part of this podcast. And um, so this is Tiawa, and this is Kalima. Hello. Okay, and uh, that is a group of people flying to an unknown destination above us. So I apologise for the plane. Um, one of the things we do on this podcast is I talk a lot about karate and martial arts and my um, outlooks on certain things. One of the things which is not touched on much, I think, and needs to be, is the journey of our women practitioners, our female practitioners, in this world of super macho karate. Now, um, it's interesting, a lot of my, in my formative years, a lot of the people who inspired me, a lot of the people who in life, as well as in the dojo, were female practitioners. Um, and I guess I wanted to just ask each of you, and we'll start with Tawa, how old were you when you started karate, and what was your, how did you first get into karate? Um, I was seven when I first started karate. And the reason why I got into it was because um, a group of friends and cousins that we used to go to school with, they, um, every Tuesday and Thursday, they would always go off somewhere. Um, we all used to catch the same bus back to the same building because our parents worked together and they would always go off every Tuesday and Thursday. And I never knew where they were going and then I found out they were going to karate and so I wanted to go with it because it was boring we, after school yeah. at mum's work without them. <laughs> That's sort of how I got into it. Yeah. And what style was that? Um, that was Kempo Bushiro Ryu. Mm-hmm. And your sensei was? Um, our sensei was um, John Hawaho. Awesome. And so how were you when you started? So you were about? Seven. About seven. Okay. How about you, Kalima? Uh, when I first started, I think I was about six. Uh, and I started because my friend wanted to do karate, so we were going to do it together. Uh-huh. Uh, she eventually dropped out and did dance instead, but I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> you did you did dance with a purpose. Yeah. You did, you did, you did dance with a with a with a bungalow. With aggressiveness. The dance you never want to hear. Now, um, in terms of you, had quite a competition background as well, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dojo that I started with were pretty much all competition mm-hmm. based. I didn't realise there was anything other than just competition karate. And then unfortunately you stumbled on El Dojo. (laughs) And what I should should say too is that um, Kalima came to train, I think you were like 15, 16 when you started training with us. 17. 17. Mm -hmm. Numbers, I don't know numbers. My dad found the place. Yeah. (laughs) Without Um, me knowing. Coach, coach, legendary coach. And I just remember that when you come into the dojo, Kalima's Kalima and Tawa both had a strong background in other styles before we started training together. And it's been really interesting too. 
that they've had these experiences prior to being part of the dojo and, and then sort of a, a long background being a couple of the, one of the OGs for um, this dojo. So in terms of your experiences, how, have you, how do you find, like, Tawa, how, do you, how have you found being a woman in this macho uh, male karate-dominated world, for want of a better term? Um, I guess it wasn't, didn't really... It wasn't really an issue. It's not not that it's an issue, but as a kid, it wasn't something that I noticed. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because mm. you you just sort of you're not. It's not political when you're like mm. five or six. No, you just there no. have fun. Have fun mm. and and, learn. and there was heap there were heaps of girls. Like I remember, um, one of the there were two ladies that were like my idols too. They were sort of a little bit older than me. Um, one was uh, Tuvalu Panapa, um, and she trained with us here on, at our dojo. And then the other one was Delia Pahina, who was training uh, at the Porirua um, dojo. But we had so many female practitioners, um, and it wasn't until probably in adult world, I was the only female for a while until Kalima came along, and it was um, it was it wasn't hard. I think the hardest thing was, and still is sometimes, is when, you, when you're training against the ma- male, I often find that you get two types of males. You get the ones who try not to hit too hard yeah. because they want to be, you know, careful nice. and be nice and what have you. Do you yeah. think it's sort of a patronising kind of a thing? I don't, they don't intend to be patronising, yeah. but I think they're just Condescending trying to... perhaps? No, it's no, nothing, no bad intent behind it. Yeah. But, but then you get the other ones who are like just go full on just want to smash you mm-hmm. and it's like hang on. so you've got to then really just one's got too much control the other one doesn't have enough yeah yeah <laughs> so you're always trying to find this middle ground with them um which can be hard do you think that as um as practitioners does is there a is there a massive difference is it sort of something is too much made of it is 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 there a kind of a barrier or is uh, is there the challenges specific to being um a female martial artist have you found or is that just or is that just people being hyper politically correct Ask your question again, sir. Okay, let me ask this. Let me ask it again. I, I've met, um, I've seen practitioners in different martial arts, um, and particularly I'll speak on karate, where I've seen female practitioners say, so for me, what I'm at six three six four, um, a big guy, and you see female practitioners that are five four, um, a quarter of the weight, trying to fight the same way oh, uh, yeah. with that same sort of almost macho kind of attitude with, with mm-hmm. because what they've been taught is to um, imitate yeah. um, practitioners who, who are you know not even physically you know not even not even in their weight class um, is that a thing or is that just is that just is too much made of it do you think um, it's from my experience I feel like part of the way that some people approach it is just they bring their personal kind of beliefs into it and mm. their own personal attitudes into it mm. try to make themselves feel a bit bigger than what they actually are mm. Mm. but that's just my personal so ideally what are you looking when you go to a dojo and you have a good train like oh you've had good training sessions what are you looking for in a training session 
what you am know? I looking yeah, for? Yeah, I mean, I mean, ideally, like if you could paint your ideal training session and you could have your... No, let me, let me change that. If you could have your ideal training partner, what sort of qualities would that training partner have, male or female? Mm. Um, Aside from being bored and having lots of tattoos. <laughs> Somebody who's got nothing to prove. Yeah. Someone who's got... Um, always good intent. They're willing to learn as much as you want to learn. Yeah. Yep. Someone who is not afraid to to give what they take. Is that the right way to say yeah, it? Give it, what they take and but take what they, they give, give as yeah. well. Um, and someone who's a yeah, someone who is able to see the learning. Yeah. In what it is that yeah. we're doing. Uh, as opposed to sort they have of going forward. An open mindedness rather yeah. than just like, no, this is how I yeah. was taught, so this is how I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Mm. And and doesn't think that their job is to teach you just because you're a female. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless so of the colour of your belt. Now we're getting now we're getting So I remember a couple of years ago. I remember a couple of you guys, years ago, uh, Tawa, me and you went to a seminar yes. with a really prominent, wonderful uh, sensei, uh, Taira sensei, formerly of the Jundakan, amazing practitioner. And one of the things that happens at these seminars is you get the people from all different walks of life and styles and things like that. The seminar itself was fantastic. It was a great opportunity. I really recommend it if you get a chance. But I know you got paired up with a guy from a, some... Some some dojo which will remain unnamed. And how was that? What was that experience like? Yeah, um, I should have walked in with a white belt. It should have just come from a different sport because there was just no acknowledgement that I was a karate practitioner at all, really. And I'm not sure where that came from. Mm. Um, this person was actually a lower graded person than me. Yeah. Not that that matters. We but should say at the time that you know, at the time you were in Eden. Yeah, and it was just, it was interesting. It was interesting. It's always interesting. It's always, I say, and I say interesting. When people use that colloquialism, interesting, because I don't want to say, geez, that was crap. <laughs> <laughs> just to be cool. Have you had similar instances, Kalima? Um, I know I've definitely felt that way before. Mm. Like plenty of times when I've gone to different dojos and different like camps and things. Um, I can't recall any specifically, but. I know that there have been moments where I've been paired up with someone uh, who may or may not be a higher belt than me, but we'll be learning the same thing, but they turn to me and then explain it again really slowly like I didn't get it, <laughs> when I'm just standing there like, okay, can we just practice, please? <laughs> I'm ready. You don't have to tell me again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like there's quite a bit of that. With, now, with... Um, with Practitioners reaching high levels, mm. I don't know, um, downgrades and things like that. Like, I know there's some wonderful, um, super effective female martial artists. What? But there seems to be, at least in my experience, very few of the high echelons of karate seventh, sixth, seventh, you know, even fifth, sixth. Done. Why do you think that is? Not sure, really. And that's a huge sweeping generalisation. I realise. Yeah. That. I never thought about that. No, I've never really. Or is it? Is it? Is it? A, would you agree with it? With that statement? 
probably, well, in comparison to males, of course, mm. but I think you probably see that across all different sports. I'm not, I'm yeah. not really sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Not sure, sorry. Yeah. No? Okay, interesting. Well, that, I'm sorry I asked that question. I thought I didn't, <laughs> didn't explain it very well. <laughs> okay. Let's is there, let's just let's get to brass tacks. Is do you feel there's sexism within the martial arts community? Is he is he is that a thing? Um. And, spe- and speaking, I realise you're only speaking for yourselves and your experience too. I know. You know what, what's been your what's been what are your thoughts on that? I mean, for me personally, I see a lot of organisations are really male dominated. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's and I don't know whether that's by design. Or whether it's just how it is, I see certain organisations and certain practitioners in particular that because of their behaviours, because of the way they've chosen to train and teach and just who they are, that it's actually been not conducive or a place where people have felt safe, or well, not safe is not the way, but, but they've wanted to really um, get to a certain point in their training and continue. Is that a thing? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure... I'm not sure about sexism. Yeah. It's a um it's a pretty strong word. Um and I don't think there's anything again it goes back to intent. Um I don't think there's any sort of deliberate I don't think they're trying to push females out or anything like that. No. I feel like the type of people that would want to stay in karate have a certain mindset or are quite determined to keep training and get to their black belt or go higher than their black belt. Mm. I feel like a lot of, from my experience when I was younger, I would be one of the rare females in my classes that kind of hung around. Mm. Um, I think that was just because they either lost interest or they found something else that they liked more. Mm. But I would think that... you. If you were being a female, you would have to work a lot harder. I feel like you need to prove yourself a yeah, bit more. Yeah, you'd have to, especially when it gets to big organisations as well. If yeah. you're not, you really have to take care of yourself. Um, because, you know, when any, just like anything, when there's structures in place and when there's people in any type of hierarchy, yeah. there's also the other side of that, which can have people talk about unconscious bias mm-hmm. and and I think I don't like the word unconscious because somebody mm-hmm. says if you if you if you um if you're calling it unconscious bias you have to be um lying down to be unconscious but people are often <laughs> vertical when they are making decisions to be biased mm-hmm. so I think it's subconscious things that happen toward women um, as opposed to, yeah, as opposed to being unconscious yeah. sexism. Okay. Uh, that makes any, that make makes any sense. sense. Um, so, but yeah, I think women do have to generally work harder in any, anything, yeah. in karate, in anywhere. Um, just in general. Just right? in general to prove themselves. Yeah. You know, in the workforce we have to work harder to yeah. even get the same pay rate as what a man would. Yeah. Um, and you and the thing too is, I mean, from a sporting perspective, you guys both play different sports and things like that. You know? Yeah, and it's you just like have you to just do karate. Yeah, yeah, you just have to have a look at the um, the sports out there now, which are you know professional rugby versus women, men's rugby versus professional women's yeah. rugby. It's only recent years where it's actually been become 
professionally. At least, yeah, yeah. at least televised now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think, and that that's a historical subconscious thing that I think is between males and females. So yeah. definitely we have to work harder. Okay. And I th- probably sexism does exist, um, but I've never been a... Been a um, I've never... Not consciously. No, <laughs> no and, and, and good luck to anyone that tries to do that too because yeah. I'm not afraid in coming forward. <laughs> okay, so let's turn it around a little bit. I just want to talk a little bit, if we can, about your training now. Now, so Tawa is training towards her sundan. Kalima is training towards her nidan. Um, how has it been? I know you've both, like, Tawa uh, has a foot injury. <laughs> Kalima's had a back injury, so the training slowed down for a bit. Now it's back and now it's back on and, and hitting. How, so how was it for you coming back to training after sort of a little bit of a break to recover from injuries and life and all the rest of that? I think it was exciting just to start up again, but it's hard and it's still hard. Mm. Me and Tiawa have had conversations about this before, even before we started up again, just how mentally how much that can stop you from just driving to the dojo even if you're driving past it and just instead of taking that turn you just keep going until you get home Mm. yeah yeah it's been really hard it's been good um it's been really hard because i've i still haven't recovered from injury and i've actually gained another injury since i started training um (laughs) what an injury uh, what an injury it is um, Tower crushed her finger in a wood splitter. In a wood splitter, and it happens to be the one finger salute finger, which <laughs> every time I try and pull a, a punch, well, today <laughs> it's a it was, very it funny was, looking it was, it was interesting when we were training. So we're training at home today. It's a beautiful day, so we thought we'd do some training out in the forest <laughs> by our house. And uh, every time she would pull her hand back to uh, into a chamber position, uh, I would be getting a one finger, the middle finger salute. Yes. Yes, but yeah. Anyway, um, it's been good, and I think it takes a while, just like anything. It takes a long while, and it's mm-hmm. only been recently when I've um, like every training has been a, a, it feels like it's been a real drag to get to, mm-hmm. and um, I'm only just starting to get to that point of motivation again, um, where I, I'm looking forward to training. I think too, we had our first training session with um, with some of the other young ladies and us and there it felt there was about eight of us in the dojo it was really nice it was really cool I, I underestimated how much fun it is to be group train yeah um, so it made that, quite a big difference didn't it yeah it really did it really did so we're getting there it's been been a while but we're getting there it's, it's still a long way to go yeah and I think um, it's just frustrations with the injuries still yeah. but hey do what you can. Do what you can. Modify what you need. And mm. Keep mm. on keeping on. So, also too, here's an interesting question that I've always wondered about. You guys are coming from had a pretty hearty body of knowledge and other styles of karate before you um, started training um, in Gojuri. I mean, you know, like Kalima, you had a tournament background. You competed in kata and kumite and, and those sort of things. Tao was coming from a kempo background. To going to a so-called, and I'm doing this with rabbit ears, traditional <laughs> style of karate. Well, not a traditional style of karate. Well, a style of karate where, I suppose, 
um, there wasn't so much of a focus on the tournament aspect. How was how was that been for you guys? I mean, or, and it's just kind of a different style. Gorjuru is quite a different style. Mm. Yeah. Was it an adjustment? It definitely was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with competition sparring, you're pretty much just taught how to fight with whatever rules you give them, um, and doing kata a certain way to make it look very nice. Mm. Um, I was lucky enough to be in a dojo that made sure that we were all strong at the same time, so it wasn't just kind of loosey-goosey things. Mm. Um, but yeah, coming and joining Yamabushi, it was a huge difference because I learnt the meaning behind techniques, which was something very new for me. So whenever I did kata, the kumite made my katas a lot different as well. Mm. I'm still adjusting to it now. Mm. I remember at your shodan grading, so at the Kalima shodan grading, <laughs> way overdue shodan grading now, I'm just saying. Um, she was fighting multiple people, um, both were twice her size, and the third one had a knife. Not a real knife, obviously. You remember that? No. Yeah, Who it happened. Um, um, I, I gave I gave uh, Sunday one of those training knives, and so there was two people fighting you, and there was a third person trying to um, <laughs> trying to attack you with a knife. I know oh, you did great. You did fantastic. <laughs> well, you were probably too tired at that point. Um, Tawa did your you did your when you did your knee down you did your knee down with um, another one of our OG members Alex Greg. Mm, um, sure. So he was doing his shoulder and you doing your knee down. What do you remember about your knee down, Granny? Because um, you had to do a lot of fighting. I remember in the yeah in, in the first twenty minutes I was over 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 um, and yeah a lot of fighting. It was really intense. There was one. Um, one person I always remember, I used to, I was, I remember really, crystal clear actually, um, Sensei Redaway, fighting him, because um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's only got one speed, doesn't matter if you've been training for four, five hours, one hour, 30 minutes, all day is still one speed and it's strong, mm-hmm. and I remember I was feeling um, like killing over, and every time he came, it actually felt like life or death <laughs> that's what it felt like um, and I remember getting to a point where I felt my technique was quite careless and I punched him and I got him on the nose and man even in that point I actually felt really bad mm. but it was cool it was both um, Niran and Shoran gradings really hard really intense um, mentally challenging physically challenging walking out with straight legs and straight arms and just sleeping for days. Mm-hmm. But mm. I'd do them over again mm. in a shot as long as I was fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I'm working towards. <laughs> How do you find, because you guys, uh, sorry you guys, you ladies are doing quite a bit of weapon work as well. How do you find the working with working with kubudo weapons and doing karate are they sort of is it one versus the other does one sort of slot into the other has it had any effect or it's just sort of another brick in the wall I really enjoy um, weapons training Mm. because I was never brought up with it so it was something new for me Mm. I always thought it was really exciting whenever we were learning how to do new weapons or just training kudo in general you wanted to learn the kama yes please (laughs) (laughs) If you could choose a weapon to learn, what one? What would it be? Me? Yeah, either. Oh, um, the kama. And why? <laughs> kama. 
You need to come up. Okay. Mm. We had a slice grass. <laughs> slice grass. We didn't need to cut here. <laughs> um, the weapon I want to. I've had a couple of um, uh, sessions with it, but it, I haven't dedicated any time to it. There's actually two weapons, and um, one is the broadsword, and one is the kapana. The Chinese broadsword. Yeah. So there's a there's a um, yeah there was a kata that I started to learn when I was at Kimpo with the with the broadsword. Was it kondo? Anyway, yeah. Um, and it was just so. It was just such a beautiful kata. So yeah, I'd love to learn those. And of course, the, the kama at some point. <laughs> Anything with sharp knives. Whatever. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Same answer. <laughs> they can make you look flash. Yeah. Okay, so part of your part of your moving towards these gradings is, that, you know, we were talking about it before, was sort of in the expectation that you would teach. Mm. So who have been people... Um, who have been people that have, I mean, maybe in the dojo or outside the dojo, up to you, that have kind of influenced, that you'd like to be like in terms of the way they teach, the way that they do things, and what what, what would your aspirations be? What would you like to be as a sensei, as an instructor of other people? What are some of the qualities you'd like to bring in? Hmm. <laughs> I think... I think the answer, my response to that, so um, it's probably going to sound like I'm getting brownie points, but maybe I am, maybe I'm not. <laughs> I don't know, but you can call it what you want. Um, but actually, the one instructor that I'm always inspired by and have always been inspired by is actually you. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was when I was looking to get back into training, which was oh, about nine, ten, ten years ago, eleven years ago. And I actually rung around to a few um, dojo and had a conversation with whoever it is, but you just didn't get that feeling. Mm. Um, had a look at their websites. It just wasn't a warm feeling or anything like that. And I always believe that you find your style when you find your instructor. And um, the fact that I'm still here training with you 10 years later um, speaks wonders of the type of instructor that and I also of you and also of you well, yep the question is toward me and this <laughs> means you have to sit quietly and listen which I know can be hard sometimes <laughs> but I just think the you know not once have you ever said to us to leave your kempo at the door you've always said bring it in incorporate it into your training don't ever leave what you know at the door make it yours you've always encouraged us to keep practicing the style that we practice we've even been out to the Porirua um, Kempo Dojo um, just the way you teach is so creative it's yeah it's just that's that's. I want to be like you wow you're going to have to get a haircut yes well I'm working on it <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> How about what about some instructors? So thank you for that. It was a lovely compliment. Thank you. But let's moving on, moving away from yours truly. Who's some? Who are some martial artists that you've met or instructors that you've seen? You didn't even have to. You don't even have to have met them. Or you've gone, wow, that's a really good instructor. Someone I'd like to train with. Mm-hmm. If you had a wish list, and I know Bruce Lee's right up there. Mm-hmm. Who would you like to train with in the karate or in the, in the martial arts world? 
Well, with your, I mean, with your tournament background too, you've been exposed to some internet to international coaches and things like that. Was there anyone who kind of um, stuck out in your mind as a coach? Uh, some of the New Zealand coaches that I had were amazing uh, practitioners as well as coaching for the different sections and competitions that they were for like Kata and Kumite. Mm. I would have loved to train with them more uh, but they were based in Auckland and I lived down here in Wellington mm. <laughs> um, but they would have been amazing mm. um, I'm not too sure how else they'd be besides senseis that I've had in the past mm. they had two female practitioners in my um, original dojo that was in the hut uh, one was Sensei Helen, I don't remember her last name, and the other was Sensei Leone. And they both did, um, one did kata and one did kumite. And their trainings were always really, it was really fun. Um, and a majority of the time it usually would just be a class of females. Mm. So I always tried to build a really strong foundation for them, mm. which was really nice. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to train with them again, but I don't think they're anymore. Do you think it's important to have... Um, I mean, do you think it's important to have, like people have, have do you think it's important to have um, women only training at times? I feel like it is. I what, think what, so. Why, why? I think we spend a lot of time training against men and you're, you're often um, tr- trying to train against strength. Yep. And... So being able to train with women and understands the, understand the woman's body and when we train like a shot to to say, I don't know, somewhere on the body that's, you can actually, you've got to adapt your training to be able to make it, um, make it, uh, what's the word? Uh, effective, effective. And I think being able to train with a, a heap of women would, I mean, because I, I haven't had that luxury. It's always been men. Being able to train with a heap of women would actually teach me more about a woman's body and where to strike, strike and how to put out a technique and um, where to, where, you know, what what technique is actually better that you would um, to use on on a woman than on a man yeah. being a woman. Does that make sense? Because yeah. men and women move completely different. Different, yeah. I don't know if, like, you'd notice probably notice because one size difference anyway but then the way that even with the way that me and Tiawa move is completely different because of our backgrounds yeah like with me I've been able to kind of merge my competition karate movement with what you've been teaching us Mm. so I'm still well maybe not now but back then I was like still quite swift and dodging attacks and things because that's pretty much all I could do yeah (laughs) because you can't you can't like being a woman you can't like if you're wanting to um you can't you focus on you can't rely on your strength no, no like if, if you're getting a male who's punching you uh with a jordanski you can't actually stand there and, and push out an ageuke that's going to be able to block that you actually got to yeah. adapt that block and maybe go in for the elbow strike you and, or step off to the side get and out of the way get out of the, <laughs> and, and then pull the you know and then ageuke, ageuke, yeah. and then a crush as opposed to a straight argue it's just not going to work whereas if if it was a female punching against a male they could just use their strength to block yeah they argue without even having to move offline or change that technique so there's all those little things Mm. that you've just got to 
so here's it. So well, having said that, too, one of the things that I, you know, that in terms of supplemental training, obviously, you know, size there's, you know, you can sort of go every way but Wednesday, but at some point size is going to matter. Yeah. So how do you, given that that size is a factor, how do you even the odds? Um, what kind of do you do supplemental training? Do you do hold on or do you lift weights? What is there a way in which you feel you can? I mean, maybe you do it through technique. Maybe you do it through. How, how would you do? How do you even the odds in that situation between a man and a woman training and fighting and sparring? For me, sparring wise, I just try and get out of the way and move faster than they can. Mm. Um, but I reckon strength is another thing that you'd need in there just to try and try and make an even. Mm. I feel mm. like that's something that you need. Mm. But it's different for different women. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm a little bit lucky in that I'm quite solid. Um, but I don't know if you, yeah, I think it's just where you, where you lack in strength, you actually gain in speed mm. and, and vice versa. Um, so a lot of um, Taisabaki movements as opposed to sort of linear fighting, mm-hmm. a lot of in and outs, um, a lot of quick counters yeah. when you're, when you're in... When you have the opportunity. When you have the opportunity, just moving, moving... Moving them around. Moving them around. um, And and not relying on singular movements, so always having sort of a Mm. follow-up. Strike, punch, or whatever it is that you're going to be doing. Mm. Um, Yeah, because I think... um, that's how that's that's how I think you'd even it up. Yeah. You, you wouldn't want to even up. I wouldn't want to stand there and try and even up. So you don't want to trade, you, for example. <laughs> yeah, and just like you know, I'm not gonna, never going to be as strong as you are. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many weights I push and how long I push for. Yeah. But where I can beat you is on my flexibility. Not so much my speed though, because you're still fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this, it's all it's all proportional, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's all about knowing how to. I mean, for me, I had the question. You know, I was thinking when you were talking, do I see male and female in the dojo, or do I just see? I, like for me, I wonder if I see people by their size, by their reach. Mm-hmm. Um, are they kickers? Are they punchers? Are they yeah, both? Yeah, are they yeah, grapplers? Yeah, yeah. Are they strikers? Are they going to clinch? Are they going to want to go to the ground? Things like that. That's how I tend to see people. So, without you know, of course, you all due respects to people's gender and background and all those sort of things. But I suppose for me, I don't tend to see. This is going to sound terrible. I don't see you as women. No, I, I see you as women. <laughs> I do. I see you as women. Oh boy, but we know that. <laughs> I see you as women, but I mean the thing is, I don't. I also don't see men as men. I see people. I yeah, see it as people. as their, mm-hmm. uh, as opponents. Yeah, yeah. And that's what. And I'm always... looking for a weakness. Yeah. So maybe that's not a very really PC thing to say. No, but that's that's, that's always been. Yeah. Like I've never ever come into our dojo, and you've never ever said. You've never ever um, been explicit about males or females. Yeah. It's always we're here to train, and it's always take care of your partner. Take care of your partner. Give what you give what you can take. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's never is, been oh you're a female so you two go together. No. You two are the same size you two go together. It's never been. No. Never been that. No. And and, and probably because we've had um, like we've just learned we learn. We've adapted to, to being able to train like that because yeah. we are male-dominated dojo and it's choice. It's awesome. Male-dominated in the sense of numbers. Yeah. Um, 
Now we've but we're still the toughest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. In every way. In every way. Um, now, so we've got, um, so we had young Joel do a showdown last year's junior showdown, and you've got Naya coming through to do her junior showdown. Mm. How, how, so what's some ways in which, so if you've, if people who are listening to this, um, you know, you've got um, young practitioners, um, young women, or practitioners who perhaps are a little more mature, wanting to get back into training after a break, what's your advice to them? So I guess let's start with the young ones, um, why they should get into it, why they should stick with it, why is it a good idea? Mm. Young women of the world, listen. <laughs> I think um, if, if anyone is going to get into karate, it's important that you you get into karate because it's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of kids getting into karate because their parents want them to get some discipline or whatever it is. And you know, on on uh, when is when it's a good week, kids might spend two hours with us a week. But there's, you know, how many hours in a week? So those two hours won't make a difference unless the parents are also following up what's going on in the dojo and going on in the classroom so my thing is if it's something that you give it a try and it's something that you really love to do um find a reason why and make it part of your lifestyle look at it as a lifestyle as opposed to something that you um you're forced into doing you're forced something into that you doing. feel like you have to do yeah yeah and if, if and if you don't enjoy it say so 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 early don't don't don't, and, don't go yes yeah and maybe <laughs> just, i'm saying that because i get frustrated at what i'm saying it might not be the best advice yeah. but just like any sport you know um choice of instructors also really important too oh, yeah. yeah instructors are so important um and just yeah it's 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 a lonely journey but it's also a, a rewarding journey yeah. and um if it's if you can look at it and treat it as a lifestyle Right. <laughs> what do you reckon, Kalima? Like you were talking before about, you know, when you're going past the dojo, and sometimes it's like the temptation just keep right on driving, especially after having coming back from an injury or taking some time of training. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you do personally to sort of get yourself to the dojo? Because, like you were saying, that's the sometimes yeah. can be the hardest part. A lot of it's just mental. Mm. Just telling yourself, like, no, you don't need to do it today. You've had a long day at work, it's alright, you you're tired, you can go home. Mm. It's just trying to block those thoughts out and just try and turn them into a positive one. Just rather it's, he's training tonight, it's, get pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not playing pumped up music, you're not, you're not playing Batman theme or something on the road. Uh, I wish. But yeah, it's just, like, even if you are having those thoughts, it's just getting to the dojo once you're there. Yeah. Then you're perfectly fine. Just need to drive there, walk through the door. Because when you're training, right, you're sitting there going, man, it's awesome, it's so cool, can't wait till next week, and then da da da. It's just getting there. Getting there. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much just it. You just need to go to the dojo, that's it. Yeah. It's hard, but don't think too much on it, eh? Yeah. Just get in there and do it. Just think about it once, yeah, I've got training tonight, that's it. (laughs) And and it's hard even, I mean, like for me, you know, um, 
it is hard, always hard to get back into the dojo after a break, or especially where there's an injury, it's hard to find ways to keep yourself motivated. I think also too, for me, speaking I guess from assume another perspective, as an instructor you see people um, who have such amazing potential and then through just life, injuries and just job, work, all those sort of things, family, you know, they sort of um, fall away or the training becomes, you know, it becomes an obvious, obviously less yeah. of a priority. But it's always been good to, it's always good to see people coming back. Like we've got two junior shodans who did their shodan a couple of years ago now and they've just re-entered the dojo. Yeah. Which is really cool, um, and like you said, it was really cool to have them in there. It was so exciting to see them there. Yeah. I could like hear you guys talking. I was like, I don't. That doesn't sound like the old. And I walked in and saw the girls. I was like, ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was. Just that was really exciting. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So, in essence, um, if you could say anything to all those um, karate practitioners out there, uh, male and or female, give them a piece of advice. What would it be, Kayla? Go. Make it deep. Go. Be deep. <laughs> Make it deep. Advice. Well, they well, give me advice. <laughs> <laughs> what would my advice be? My advice would be go and get your gi on and get out there and train. Mm. And just keep on doing it, no matter if it's hail, rain, or shine. And make sure that you have a ginger max beer ginger beer, beer. Yeah, not an alcoholic yeah. beverage afterwards. Yeah. This yeah, is not a paid endorsement. Yeah. That's not a paid endorsement. <laughs> get in there, kick the on. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, all makes yeah. a difference. Even if it's just a little a little bit of training. Yeah. Just going in there, even if you're just going to go in there and stretch, that's something. Yeah. Mm. Get your foot in the door. Yeah. You'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, and if you get the foot in the door and you do it, you set yourself a, um, you know, an achievable goal. Even like you say, twenty minutes, half an hour, something like that. Yeah. That is twenty minutes, half an hour. You haven't, you didn't do. Yeah. We haven't made that you're up on the game. Yeah, and I always believe that if you know, training should always make you a better person. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a better person because of it, then. Hey. Ah, awesome. So thank you. It's what's Kalima? Wait, what's Kalima's advice? What's Kalima's advice? Kalima, what's your advice? I have no advice. Okay. That was my two cents of your advice. That's even more zen. I give you advice. I give you advice of no advice. I'm not good with advice. Get there and train. How's that? Don't pack your smellies with your meats. That's a good one. I'm currently training with a broken finger and fasciitis, so... I can do it. Anyone can do it. <laughs> no, awesome. Hey, thank you, Kalima. Thank you, Tawa. This has been an extra long, but an extra cool um, Visible Sensei podcast. <laughs> but I've wanted it to be long. It's it's really cool to have. Thank you both for jumping in. And they didn't have a choice. We just finished training. <laughs> we were just kind of relaxing. We're working on Sepoy Kata today. Hey, but um, thank you so much. Um, you can catch us on our Facebook page and just see. You can catch... KNT on KNT, so that's Kalima, Naya, and Tiawa. They're on their training journey. Naya is on her journey to junior shodan. Kalima is on her journey to senior nidan, and Tiawa is on her journey to sandan. So yeah, if you can check it out, I'll put a link in the description. Take care, and thank you so much for listening. Keep training, guys. All right, take care. Bye. See ya. You're gonna say bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Why? Guys. Why? Bye. Bye. Because it's cold. Bye.